From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I am Brian. And I'm Katie. And this is the best beer show on the internet. I uh, used to be somebody would pop in with, according to your mother's at your that mom. point. Your mom. <laughs> we still get people emailing us in and be like, oh, yeah, you guys are the best, according to my mom. Man, <laughs> I think my mom would fall asleep if she ever listened. Oh, I, my mom has never listened to a single one of my podcasts. Yeah, so, <laughs> so like, really? So, like, last week, you know, I'm on this, this podcast for the first time, or the four that we did, and... I was like, hey, family, I did this thing, and I sent him the link. And my sister was like, I only could listen to, like, ten minutes of it. <laughs> and, you know, I had friends who were like, oh, I tried to I tried to listen, but it just got really boring. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, you don't get it, you know? You like, guys and, you don't know, understand. Yeah. Well, so, you'll get my but, art, but, mom. Like, good, good for you. <laughs> yeah, so you, sound, you sounded really smart. My sister... <laughs> Should I tell him this? My sister was like, I couldn't listen to the whole thing, but um, this is her voice too, by the way. No, is she listening? No. <laughs> She's like, no. you sounded you sounded like you're really, you, you were the smartest person there, except for Brian. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, geez. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Well, so, now I anyway, feel real small. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. I am the dumbest yeah. one. So, but anyway, that's, that's the basic, the, the point is, is nobody that, I care about actually listens to this. <laughs> Start to finish. Except oh. for Bjorn Bornson. Uh, oh, anyway. Uh, I don't know him. I probably would care true. about him if I right. did. I'm excited to. I'll um, show you his picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should probably get the ads out of the way. Mm. Uh, so the American Homebrewers Association does a lot of support homebrewing and homebrewers. And now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms. So let's give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of the homepage and uh, and join today. Uh, were you guys ever part of the AHA while homebrewers? Absolutely. Still am. Are you still? All right. No. You are not. Okay. Um, love I the Zymer do team. I don't know of... why I stopped. I think actually I start when I started working at uh, Northern Brewer because AHA would give oh, a yeah. discount when, yeah. you, when you would shop there, and then I was working there, so it's like well, you get a discount. You get a discount anyway. And then you know we had Zymer G magazines just laying around, so I'd read those. So that's really I was yeah. being fun cheap. fact. It's but very, it's a great. It's very hard to get the Northern Brewer uh, AHA discount while ordering online. Ah, uh, yeah. You have to put your like your your AHA number in the in the thing, and then like hope they refund it back. Oh, okay. Yeah, they should hmm. they should look into that. Streaming they really it. should. I I yeah. sent them multiple emails while doing the eighty style challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, if you'd like to become a patron, uh, like our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson, probably two of the best human beings on the planet, uh, <laughs> head on over to patreon.com slash studios or click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. And if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindnessstudios.com, click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage, do your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon really helps us out. All right, Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Oh, I knew we were going to get to this. I right, don't uh, have anything. I mean, so, Brian, <laughs> if, if it makes you feel any better, 
I had totally thought of a thing that I wanted to bring up on this one. I don't that remember. I for, that, and I completely forgot. I'm gonna, it's going to come to me, though. Yeah. It's well, gonna, I'll I mean, BS my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do that. Well, yeah, last week we talked about uh, the we're doing the barrel aging stuff. Um Man, I I'm having I'm gonna, trouble. Here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know part part of brewing beer professionally and per, in a production is is sometimes it isn't ex, you know we, your weeks aren't exciting. You're mm-hmm. brewing, you know we brewed a um, a double batch of Minnesconsin, one of our loggers. Mm-hmm. We transferred and are getting ready to can and keg scaredy pie or key lime. Uh, you know, it's like it, round of that. You know, yep. It's just it's just. Well, so it's just sometimes it's a little bit mundane, but it's still. I mean, it it sounds pretty mundane. Uh, So we did uh, D and D. Sorry, I saw you. No, I Uh, saw you walking up the stairs for the. Oh, I I, I did not see you. Yeah, I was behind the bar pouring a beer for myself. Uh, No, so yeah, so so I went up uh, for D and D, and then we were waiting on uh, Ethan. Um, and Brian said he was uh, what transferring a beer, crashing a beer, something. He was. Transferring or pushing back? He was finishing uh, up that double batch of yeah. Minnesota. So uh, yeah. you were you were trying to explain to us how quickly <laughs> you can cool per barrel. Can you explain how no. that conversation went? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a different state of mind. I had just eaten chicken wings. Oh, <laughs> it was the chicken wings. This is very blissful. All right. For those of you who don't know, uh, Brian has a D&D game that he does in the brewery. And uh, one of one Several. of the well, one, one of the brewers uh, is is one of the party members. Mm-hmm. And so we can't start until he's done. Nope. And so we were sitting there and I, I it felt like forever. It was probably only like 40 minutes. Uh, while he was finishing up, uh, knocking out or whatever. Yeah, knocking and, out, transferring, pushing back. I don't know. There's a bunch of different ways to put yeah. it. But he was and, he was <laughs> taken from the boil kettle, putting it through the heat exchanger, uh, and cooling it from. I mean, you guys know this. You're home brewers. You get it. So he was cooling. You know, he's transferring to fermenter. Yeah, he was cooling cooling that that wort from the 200 plus there, to there is math. Uh, yeah, probably 55 degrees. Yeah, is, and so Brian was here. trying to explain the math, but. <laughs> He was doing a shit job of it, yeah. and I was just basically some, just pulling a numbers out of his ass. <laughs> He'll probably be done in 15, 20, 24 hours. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's fun. Sarcastic bullshitter in every crowd, and that is me. <laughs> Katie. Yes, uh, let's see, at, at, at Hop. Hop and barrel. I just, you know, I walk into that place and Hoppy I. Hoppy barrel. I decide, or I don't decide. I, I, I'm like, what's going on? What can I do? Uh, I mean, you, you pretend to let other people have an opinion, right? And then you uh, just. That's how she rolls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, 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 at Bobtown, I kegged our um, Irish stout. Um, Bobtown. Just in time for St. Pat's. We have a big. Um, you guys big, always have a big a, ass St. Paddy's big, Day thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a so, one block parade. Yeah, it's a one block. <laughs> it's a one block. And Bobtown's the block. Led, yeah. led. You know, it's it's organized by us, and it's it's actually a really good time. And I've, you know, it's so a many people come out. And if you don't, if you hate parades, but kind of like I parades, hate parades, but I like that yeah, parade because it's literally a block. Long. I mean, but anyway, I, I um oh. I I kegged the um the Irish Stout. 
for that beer. Awesome. So I don't, it'll be ready. I don't remember if it day. was last year or the year before, but like during the parade, I was <laughs> I was smoking a cigar in in the bed of a truck, sitting in a chair, throwing candy at children. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. If if you've <laughs> never been to a small town Wisconsin parade, go go. It's the one. It's yeah. it's yeah. the best. We have parade. a we have a patron saint that leads it, and it's mm-hmm. just like this. It, sometimes it's it's the owner, Mike. Yeah. The owner. Um, we have a, you know, it's just, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. I don't know, man. I might bust out my, uh, Jesus costume and my rollerblades. You absolutely should do that. If it's nice out, mm-hmm. which it's yeah. what, like 46 degrees and we've right had a, now. <clears throat> we've had a good couple years of, you know, weather wise here in upper, the yeah. upper well, Midwest. Well, the, uh, the, whatever the, day the that great, is. the great, uh, St. Patrick, he blesses us every year with yeah. beautiful weather for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I was or at in, least bar uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day. I missed it last year. I was in Belgium. Uh, I'll be no, in the you UK were there. this year. Uh, no, last you year? you were not. No, I was in Belgium. Europe. Yeah, Europe. so, um, I believe... The St. Patrick's Day festivities at Bobtown this year are are uh, March 14th, so Lovely. we will have a fun parade. I think there's like corned beef and cabbage happening, uh, of course, mm. and it's free. And then um, what? my I, yeah what 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 <laughs> that was my best a Irish free accent. parade a free parade and free corned beef and cabbage free food yeah free food. oh there's free food and over then, there uh, we didn't have that during food. the famine <laughs> no during the famine there was no potatoes nothing <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some a little bit of the Irish stout that I brew for that day oh how lovely mm. <laughs> that just sounds delightful I love it. <laughs> all right. Um, that's, that's what I've been working all on. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so between this past ep- or the last week's episode, we were talking about uh, rinsing yeast. Um, I came up with a with a thing that I should probably do because, I mean, as the homebrewer on this channel, I have to do something. Mm, uh, yeah. So I figured what we should do as a group is come with a recipe and I'll brew a big batch of it. And uh, do one with a fresh pitch and one with a rinsed pitch and see if we can taste the difference. You know, I'm thinking that this should probably be a kind of a canary beer. A canary beer. Um, so I, I was thinking 1056 American Ale. Yeah, it was the canary beer, like see through. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, not, yeah. Nothing I, too crazy, but we want to introduce like hops. Probably more so than like, excuse me. Initially, I, I was thinking a Kolsch, but then, mm. Mm, no, I'm thinking I'm thinking like a pale ale. Right. So so yeah. pale ale is what I'm thinking because, or like a smash or something. You right. Know? There's so, something something where there oh, so, are okay. hops involved or something canary, something see through, something that's we're gonna have a good chance of actually noticing uh, if there are any uh, results uh, to be noticed. Dare I say a, a cream ale? Uh, cream ale would be perfect. That would I work, think. Yeah. Um, hey, let me let me get my things into Beersmith real quick, and we can mm-hmm. come up with a. Uh, also, if you're not using Beersmith, start. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Mr. Bill Smith is always updating his. He also has a podcast, but he uh, won't respond to any of my emails. So he <laughs> yeah is a good podcast too. <laughs> all right, all right. So cream ale. Um, are we looking? So when we did our cream ale, we did a mix of, I, I actually I think it was primarily six row. Mm. We did with our cream ale. 
Uh, when you guys think cream ale, what what's your what's the base malt you think of immediately? Uh, the cream ale I do at at Bobtown Leadoff Runner is, I'd say sixty percent two row and forty percent pilsner. Oh, okay. So a yeah. pils and keep it super light. Yeah, and then you know there's some ma- there's some flake maize in there, and that can be kind of up. Well, I mean, you, you have to have the corn and the cream ale. Yeah, I think yeah. like it adds that. That lightness, yep. that that yep. uh, thing. Um, so, I mean, I'm down with a. What was a the mix. the idea of the six row? Was there if you're gonna um, put so, corn in? So the the idea of the six row was it was listed in the style guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's more. There's more uh, enzymatic act. Activity from the six row, which will get you some conversion on the. Oh yes, science. Uh. <laughs> No, I mean we like it, honestly. The only reason we put six row in it was because it was listed in the guidelines. Right, got it. Yeah, um, yeah. I also like to use a little dextrose in my cream ale. That work, yeah. To dry it out. Yep, yep. To keep it light. I mean, you know, you look at the style guidelines of a cream ale, and it's it's as close to a you as know, close to like a uh, lager as you as can you get. can get, and so you know that's a dry, light. Th- you know, quote unquote. Oh no, that thin. is. Belgian tour. That is not what you I know. What we <laughs> should do, you guys. What? We should probably pull up the BJCP style guidelines. Yeah, you do that. Well, I'm just adding grains in here. This is the 2015 that I'm working off of. Obviously, uh, cream ale is section one C. So, from an aroma standpoint, we're looking for a medium to low uh, malt note, sweet corn-like aroma. There you go. Uh, low levels of DMS are allowable, um, which is dimethyl sulfide. Uh, which I mean, if you're doing, if you are doing Pilsner, I'd recommend. I mean, malt is very highly mo- modified these days, and so um, there have been some studies about uh, um, Pilsner malt not necessarily needing a 90 minute. But I think that's BS, and I would do yeah, it anyway. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I'd, I'd just do a 90 minute. Yeah. Um, but you don't need it anymore. It's modified no, you do. enough. No, nah. yeah, no, I've I've made that mistake. You, yeah, don't. You need it. Do it. So it's it's. All right, I don't want to use it's, Pilsner then because that's way too much work. It's an extra half hour. Well, you hour should of boil. be doing a, a seventy-five minute boil anyway. So yeah. why should I be doing a seventy-five? Where's that math coming from? That's not math. That's I like. I like a that 70, is literally math. Well, I like a seventy-five minute boil because uh, the the fifteen minutes before you add that first top addition sort of kind of mellows out that hot trub. Situation and the you know yeah, oh, the so you, even if you have like so if you wait until so I have I have a slow slow build up to a rolling yeah so oh. what I do is as soon as I start seeing you know the 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 rolling and the you know the the that surface of that of that liquid start to move around my timer goes and then I go seventy five minutes and so and then at, at a sixty minute at the 60 minute and mark that's when i start adding hops okay. yeah yeah so i mean you know it's probably the same i guess but um no you need if you're using a pilsner malt you need a 90 minute boil agreed so that's i mean what- i'll listen to you guys <laughs> because i mean this is a collaboration and <laughs> it's me doing all the work so <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> I don't like manual labor. Yeah. Uh, I know, that's for your brewery owner instead of a brewer now. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Touche, mon frere. So low levels of DMS in a cream ale. Allowable, not required. Um, hop aroma, medium to low, to none. Uh, so we got a pretty, pretty broad. Cream ale here. 
spectrum there. Um, and then, see, so, you know, with the hop aroma, I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to a little hop aroma in a cream ale. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, it shouldn't be like American hop aroma. If you're going to use, you know, if you're going to if you're going to want to add some some late edition hops in a cream ale, it should be more of like a European style. Well, they've got listed in in this in one C. Uh, Floral, spicy, or yeah. herbal. Right. So, so I would say spicy and right. herbal are probably. I, I, so I, I just yeah. I just pulled up our uh, our grist for our the the ESC cream ale, which is actually the very first beer that we did for the Every Style Challenge. Um, we did fifty six percent six row, twelve and a half percent two row, eighteen percent flake corn, and twelve percent dextrose. That doesn't quite add up. There's other percentage points on there but you guys can figure that out <laughs> can they yeah, they can figure that out <laughs> um uh, uh like yeah i don't know it's uh yeah just uh, go to blindestudios.com slash hb slash esc and you can find the recipes there uh we actually fixed it so all of our brew toad links now to go to our own recipe database instead mm. of brew toads because yeah. brew toad went out of business and apparently mm. it's super easy to write some software that deals with that so <laughs> I did it. Oh, um, that's right. I forget you're a software developer. <laughs> Go figure. Right? It's weird. Uh, yeah, and then we just use Hollertau at sixty. Mm. Yeah, sounds about right. And and using using maybe some uh, that was uh, using some Hollertau at under ten minutes isn't necessarily a bad. Uh, idea yeah, we either. we did actually put a little bit in there as well. Um, oh, apparently I've forgotten to I add the addition time, but not the amount. So I found a bug in my own software. That's fun. Oh boy! Back to the drawing board. Ah no, I gotta I gotta go back and add a column. Fair. It won't take long. I hope. Yeah. So the cream ale, you know, it talks about it's a, you know it's a, um, an ale version of American style lager, and at least in this area of the world, um, they're delicious. But the cream ales, I I feel like maybe because of the the word cream, mm-hmm. they've become heavier more body forward than um, I interpreted the style guidelines to be. So I'm all for super light, like mm-hmm. drinkable lager style. You I know? mean, and we are sitting here in, like I always like to say in River Falls, sitting right next to a cornfield at the right. good old Blind Ninja Studios and the, you know, the, the top cream ale in the entire world is Spotted Cow. Oh, no. What? Sorry. And they the actually button. don't, um, I think on their website, they most say recently, it's, it's a, a, a farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. Is it a farmhouse cream ale? Or it's well, just a farmhouse here ale? is the the reasoning behind that. And uh, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, if there are listeners that know better, better than I do, but I'm told that if they don't have space in fermenters to brew it, <clears throat> they'll shift it to a, a cool ship, uh, which will make it have some more banana. They're not shipping it to a cool ship. They have that on the facility. Have you been to the New Glarus uh, Brewer? It's amazing. I, I mean, I've I, heard I meant shift, fantastic. not ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's different. Yeah. They they just moved the fermentation. And I don't, I'm not sure what their yeast is or really any of that. No, I have not actually been to New Glarus. I would love to. Uh, if you want to go, yeah, uh, definitely go when it's not ski season, and you can stay in the best hotel in town and like the suite for mm. like a hundred bucks at night. It's amazing, sweet. Yeah, 
And I was very drunk in that town. Uh, that's what I <laughs> remember you telling me, yeah. But as far as cream ale goes, uh, appearance-wise, we're talking pale straw to moderate gold color. Uh, so that kind of fits with the malt bill that we're sort of thinking of. Uh, it's usually on the paler side, so low to medium head uh, with medium to high carbonation. Uh, fair head retention, you're going to get that from um, you know the corn uh, if we choose to add that anyway. Uh, all right, so here's what I have for percentages. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hang on. Let me make sure these didn't get broken. Oh, yeah, no, that got broken up for some reason. I want to do 20 and 20 and 60. Oh, I see why that got broken up. It went to 2,000 instead of 20. <laughs> you can't do 2,000% of something. No. Nah. All right, um, so I'm thinking 60% two-row, 20% corn, and 20% pills. That'll play. Thoughts? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, IBU-wise, I'm thinking uh, get most of it from Hollertau, because I liked how that played in the first. Mm-hmm. Um, so boil, 60 minutes. Okay, and then, oh, wait. No, this is when I want to do flame out. And you want to do a longer boil with that Pilsner malt, even though it's less. Yeah, it's we're, just... we're, we're going to do a 75-minute boil yeah. just for you, Katie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's her... Uh, what's your IBU like? Yeah, uh, yeah no, so I'm, I'm doing one ounce of Hollertau at 60 minutes for mm. 16.8 IBUs, okay. and then um, probably half an ounce at flame out. I mean, you we could, could we could probably do a full ounce just so I don't have to break yeah, up the. Yeah, and thing. you could you could bring that up to closer to like twenty IBUs. Mm-hmm. Total twenty. 20. 20. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, so depending on where you define flame out at, like some people do it as like right when you cut it. Some be like I do it right when I cut it, so you're yeah. still getting some IBU yeah. conversion. You're still getting IBU conversion, isomerization, and uh, good flavor. Yeah. yeah, and then it, and then also if you're whirlpooling, you have to consider yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would. But I, you know, the beauty of Beersmith, it, it, it takes all that into consideration. Yeah. I'd say twenty IBU is your peak. Yeah, yeah. So if I, if I if I if I'm shooting for sixteen, I'll probably hit a little bit over that, but I'm not going to overshoot it, and it's not going to be a super right. uh, terrible thing. And then we're going to use uh, some delightful uh, ten fifty six because I'm a Y stan. Mm. I hear that. Yep. All right, so that is our final recipe for this wash test. And we'll see if we can taste a difference in probably six weeks. Yeah, so if you're looking for commercial examples of uh, cream ale uh, in the U.S., uh, Genesee Cream Ale. Uh, Do they not have Spotted Cow on there? Oh, Spotted Cow is definitely on here. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what we tried for our commercial example. Yeah. Uh, Shaner Cream Ale, which I've never heard of. Little Kings I've definitely had. Uh, New Glarus, Spotted Cow. Uh, They list old style on here. Believe that or don't. Uh, And then Sleeman Cream Ale. Now, uh, old style is, uh, I would say the... And I think they're kind of reaching with with that, but I will say that in a BJCP course that I took, uh, old style was definitely the example that was sampled. Another another really good cream ale that isn't on there that I know has been in the future is the Kawanda. Um, it's pre pre prohibition cream ale. Um, isn't that a separate style though than cream ale? 
I don't I don't know exactly. Maybe at some point before 2015, but it's it's brewed out of okay. Pelican Brewing Company. It's a delicious beer. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, should uh, we're we're 20 minutes in? Should we get into our discussion topic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do this last what are we week. doing? Uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, homebrew labs, ah. uh, which is, I mean, we tried to talk about that before, and we just didn't. This ESE stuff, I mean, it just drives us down. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, I really like that Katie's here because she's the only person I know with experience in brew labs. Brian says he has any, but I haven't heard anything about that. What? Um, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, with, with, with laboratory shit in a brewery. Oh, dude, very little. Exactly. Very, very little. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so. I, I understand the importance of it. I did a little bit when we were when I was working at the contract brewery, but it just, you run into not having I have, time I have, I have a it. few questions yeah. here, and then if we have time at the end, I want to get into some controversial, some sure. controversial shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the first thing I want to talk about is, is a lab necessary for a home brewer? Like, is it even needed? Um, at the homebrew level, no, no, I don't think so. No, I mean, you, not a, not at the homebrew level. Is it I cool mean, as hell? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you, and again, you know, you know, we, yes. I, I discussed this last week about you know, it it all depends on how much involvement you want in this hobby, and that is the beauty of the hobby. But you don't you don't need a lab, you know, counting yeast cells under a microscope to know whether you're brewing good beer. It 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 all depends on. Maybe a little bit of your reaction, but other people's reaction for the beer. You you know what's good, sort of thing. So yeah. no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and then I guess uh, what can be actually tested at the homebrew level? Like, are you like so? I know at at the commercial level, you're looking at for uh, like the entire process. You're looking for like dissolved oxygen. You're looking for yeast. Your cell counts. Um, what else are you testing? Uh, diacetyl, diacetyl, which levels. could be tested at a homebrew level. Okay. You could take samples of your of your beer and stick it in your microwave for a little bit to heat it up and get that going, and you know leave it at a certain temperature overnight or whatever you need to do. You could test diacetyl as a homebrewer. Um, microscopes aren't that expensive, so you could get a microscope and and some um, some plates and slides. I mean, yep. you could even do you could water, even do, water testing, especially yeah, now with uh, what's that. what's what's that water tester that you guys have? I dip, I dip. Exactly. It's only yeah. a couple hundred bucks, yeah, it's, right? It's that much. quite inexpensive. Um, and then and what it, do you, it, you run into like on the app? You buy it. You can buy separate little. Yeah, there's a brewer. There's a you know a brewer kit software that you add mm-hmm. to the app. It's like nineteen ninety nine or something. It's not that yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could go out and and buy auger plates, and they're not horribly. And you know, plate your well, beer if you wanted to. Katie, oh, okay. you actually like make the auger. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then we. So when I, I, when use, I think auger, I'm thinking like ice fishing. I use um, <laughs> the auger of Dunlane. Well, I mean, well, I mean, it's just how you get into the ice. Like I don't auger. Auger is a, a medium for yeah. And there's all okay. sorts. There's you testing know testing for bacteria yep. and such. And I use oh like agar. Agar, yes. Whatever. No, it's a completely different word, bud. A G A R. Yeah, auger has a literally U in there. always said auger. Agar. Yeah, you're wrong. That's maybe because I'm from too. Minnesota. <laughs> you should definitely know about the ice augers, but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, Kate, we also actually we also got Katie a, in 
uh, she had an incubator, incubator on her on her wish list. Yeah. And then I mean, Got I that. know I I I worked with a, a home brewer who had an incubator. The other thing you can do as a as a home brewer, um, and maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Well, we're getting a little bit, but yeah. probably. But, I mean, I mean, um, this this, this drives right into it, like w- building a lab at a, home. A pressure cooker. Out. You know, you buy one of those pressure cookers that uh, people use to can vegetables in. And that's a great way to sterilize things. You're basically using it as like an autoclave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Katie's autoclave is, it is, well. I haven't our, named it yet, our, but oh, I you want probably to. should. Have you ever put a, like a, like a steak in there or something? <laughs> Just <laughs> see what happens. No. No. What about uh, some like cream mushroom soup? No. no. <laughs> yeah. No, her, the uh, one that she operates, Instapot. it looks vaguely like a um, pressure cooker. Yeah, so. You, you guys could use your Instapot. It's fine. You're an Instapot. <laughs> I'm just saying, homebrewers could probably use their Instapot. To yeah, so I mean, actually. so, you know, there are things, uh, I think on, on a very basic level, diacetyl testing, you know, that's not expensive. Yep, it's, diacetyl you know, testing, test for that VDK. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, just do some of that. Um, if you want to invest even, you know, probably right around $100, you could get a microscope and do yeast cell counts. Yeah, the microscope will probably run 100. The hemocytometer will probably run 100. Yeah. They're, what are they sitting at about 90 bucks? I don't know. So yeah. wait, wait, hang on. I, wait, what's what's, that, what's a hemocytometer, Brian? <clears throat> Hema? Did I say it wrong again? Uh, you sure did. What's, what's a hemocytometer? Uh, we talked about it in the last episode, but it is meant for cell counts and was originally meant for blood cell counts, but we can also use methylene blue or other methods to where you would use those the hemocytometer has a uh a series it wasn't that no i was literally just asking for you to explain that to the viewers oh. it has a series of square <laughs> grids on it and you know the grids get smaller and smaller the more you zoom in on it and then you can say you know there's there's formulas and whatever you can so use. You, you would use that with our with the dyes as well, yeah, you have to get your counts. you have to dye the. Yeah, I'm sorry, we discussed that on the last show, and maybe somebody jumped in on this one, so I get where you're going. But yeah, yeah you dye it with methylene blue, and the the blue cells are uh, the blue cells are dead cells. <laughs> the clear cells are live because, because they went. They, they can metastasize, metabolize, the, or the, metabolize, yeah. metabolize, metabolize yeah. the, that dye, and kind of just like poof, I'm done with you. Yep. Poof. Yeast, they'll tend to bring things into their cell and do things with them and then push stuff out. Yeah. Can we just talk for a second how bullshit it is they make all of these words sound so similar to yeah. each other? <laughs> Metastasize. Vitality, viability. Viability. Like, it's very confusing. Someone get me a modelo. <laughs> no, seriously, not a modelo. Right, uh, well, I mean, you can get yourself some bread. I will. Um, so, all right. So for a homebrew lab, like your very basic stuff, uh, what, what should we be looking to test? Like, so if you were, if you were a homebrewer right now, well, I mean, like you're at, you're at that point and you're like, I want, I want to be able to start testing stuff. What's the most important thing to be able to I test? I think, I mean, this, this maybe even backs it up a little bit, but you know, your the gravities of your beer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. science, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, so every, every homebrewer started a, off their lab already. Getting a, yeah, getting a, a hydrometer test thing and a, you know, one of, the, you know, one of those hydrometers and testing your original gravity or your pre-boil gravity. Where do you guys um, fall on hydrometer versus refractometer? 
Oh. I'm a hydrometer all hydrometer. The way. Hydrometer is a lot more accurate, but there's, the refractometer is so much faster, especially Super pre fast. like there's a, you know fermentation. Just just have a have a a bowl full of cold water and stick your test you know your whatever in there for five minutes you've got it's the same you know okay. whatever yeah but there, so there's doing, a, a measure of uh paranoia as as brewers too and i that's extremely healthy and good and that's you know another reason why we um digitally and manually temp yeah yeah lots of stuff well yeah. so yeah, we've got we've got frederickson no, got analog Go ahead. At the brewery, we've got analog and digital thermometers on all the tanks to, to cross, co- you know, compare those. But yeah, no, yeah, no on, a, on the basic level for lab, it, you know, do gravities. That's that's a big thing. pH. Um, yep, you can do that. They're not, you know, you mash. can get a pH uh, meter at a homebrew shop for pretty inexpensive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, make sure you have buffer solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and storage solutions. Storage, storage solutions. Solutions key. Doing um, diacetyl Le- testing to make sure your your yeast has done its job. Mm-hmm. That's important. DO or dissolved oxygen testing is virtually impossible because the, mach- yeah. the machine that we have was yeah five six seven grams. Well, like and that. and you know you're you're well, so you're not pr- packaging like that on a homebrew level. You know no. you're 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 bottling two cases of beer. True. Or or two, you know, five gallon cornies. It's not. No. Thing. I mean, well, yeah, you're you're. you're not and if you want to, if you want to step it up a little bit, get a microscope mm-hmm. and do yeast cell counts. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? So really, you're you're not oh. looking at a ton of money to no. invest in yet. But so I mean, you could you could with with under with under five hundred dollars, which is you know a lot of money. But you could get a microscope and you could probably set yourself up with some like you know. Ye- uh, auger pl- uh, well, at agar, least a pressure cooker agar and plates <laughs> and <laughs> see, see what plates. your see, yeah. see what your yeast see what your those plates grow and then a pressure cooker and just sterilized stuff you could probably do that for under 500 bucks so does does the placement of the lab in your home matter or not really yes yes <laughs> yeah proper airflow um yeah. there's we touched on this keep a few it, keep it away from your breezeways yeah, we, we touched on this a few um, episodes ago, but uh, there's a lot of stuff floating around in the air, which is why you can take a, a five-gallon bucket of wort and stick it outside, and stuff will fly in, and it will make a, a weird sour. Um, I definitely set a bucket outside one time, and a bee got into it, and I'm not sure really what was on the bee but it made it delicious. But yeah, it was it was very delicious. It was a good Isn't sour. It a bee good ale. Uh-huh. <laughs> put some honey in the boil. <laughs> made with bees. But, um but, all right, so it's so like yeah. so air airflow in your home, uh you probably don't want it to be in a basement cuz people can walk over and dust can fall from the ceiling mm-hmm. or whatever and um I I know at like somewhere somewhere in the book in the yeast book he was talking about putting a like having like a full burning like uh a, an open flame to yeah. create like a convection away. Yep, that's actually super important and that can just I mean it can be a at actually at, at hop we just use um a propane little one of those tiny those little, little propane, propane burners burners or like a, a Bunsen burner with a little regulator on top and I you know turn the regulator on light it up and Work, work, work on that surface because the flame will sort of kind of vacuum. Yeah, it, it, it pulls yep, and yep, pushes. Yep. Yeah. And so if you're going to do any plating, that's super important. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's really if you if you want to do plating of beer, that's that's it. Or if you're gonna start slanting yeast and all the things. Uh, yeah. So, um, f- so as far as sterilization methods go, do you like there? Um, there's there's flaming. There's uh, I guess like autoclaving or like pressure cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the boil method where you boil it, let it sit, boil it again, let it sit, boil it again. Which uh, like what's your what's your preferred method? I would say just get a. I mean, if you're gonna get a pressure cooker, you know they those aren't horribly expensive, and, and just they're pr- like just yeah sanitize everything in there. Yep, yep, yep. And then flame what can be flamed. Mm-hmm. It seems like fire's the best. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so overall cleanliness, uh, no or very low airflow, uh, minimal foot traffic, noise, vibration. Uh, Wear appropriate clothing. Keep your hair back because yeah. I got some long ass. Well, hair. and and clean <laughs> clean your clean your surface. You know you should mm-hmm. you should like be able to cut a steak on there and eat from it. No, it should opinion. be cleaner than that. More clean than that. Okay. I, More I mean, I, I've eaten steak off of a uh, public park grill. So nice. Me too. God knows what happens there after dark. Yeah. Uh, so adequate lighting, ambient temp, wipe down surfaces before you start working. Uh, microbe-free environment. Which let's, let's uh, like we don't have a ton of time left, but I would like to touch on safety precautions because I feel like yeah. this is something that's not mentioned none. much. There's none. Just go for it. I'm kidding. God, no. no, but like, like what, what, uh, what safety equip- equipment should you invest in? Like, what's what's something that you can cheap out on, and what's something that you actually need like the best of? Well, you know, Brian mentioned like keeping hair and clothing out of the way. That's important. But you know, have a fire ex- extinguisher nearby. Yeah, eyewear is. I you gotta you gotta have eyewear, um, especially if you're using dyes or acids or, or label your chemicals or isopropyl alcohol. I mean, even mm. like I. Yeah, label your chemicals. Read the labor. Read the uh, labels. Do you need a respirator at all? Mm, no. I don't think so. If you want to wear a SARS mask, that's well. I mean, that's different. I don't think Fine. there are any like home brewing lab. That's okay. That Nothing needs, that's uh, gonna be, even okay. just a you know. I mean, I would wear a a face mask when you're milling in more so than working yeah. in a lab. Oh, none of us do that. I know. I know. <laughs> You guys better be. We, well, we do as a, on, on, but as a as ho- a home brewer, as a home brewer, no, oh, but yeah, yeah as a as a yeah, you you. I do that in the kitchen and I breathe it in. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a real wild child, Casey. <laughs> but as as far as lab lab, you lab know, respiration goes. health health, I don't think you probably need it. I could be well, wrong. Well, no, but I'm gonna invest in a. A mask do now. It. Apparently, I need that while <laughs> I'm milling in. Is it Jesus like, Christ! It's gonna sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth Casey. Apparently, I'm just growing like grain in my lungs now. I don't. <laughs> I, I would just say, like, you use your head. So, all right. You know? So, so eye protections, maybe an apron. Um, gloves are and gloves. good. Gloves are good. Black yeah. tattoo gloves. Uh, no, no powder nitrile or neoprene are better. For working with water-based and flammable oh, well, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, it seems like latex gloves are things that you shouldn't use. Like, use other materials. Because <laughs> latex breaks down so easily. All right. Um, is there anything you would like to leave our listeners with as far as labs go? I think we've kind of covered everything. 
Um, they're not necessary, but if you want to dive into them, uh, you can build up a basic lab pretty easily, and you've already started. If you have a hydrometer, uh, and if you're already doing uh, like yeast starters, you're halfway there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. All right. Um, as far as listener mail goes, uh, I would like to talk about Bjorn Bjornsson again because we always talk about him. Because he's uh, awesome and sends us tons well, of good stuff. Yeah, and he sent in uh, – Ryan, would, would you like to explain or try to describe uh, what he sent in this week? So he said uh, when we were doing the uh, yeast storage thing, we neglected to mention um, – uh, a, a device which is called uh, it, it's a Kyvek uh, yeah Kyvek and Bjorn you should oh yeah so if we're get, saying this wrong please somebody less like I, I have talked it. to so many American brewers Kvik? and we none of us know how to say it Kyvek well, it was out in Mission they it, had two beers brewed with this strain right and I asked the brewer how do you how do you pronounce it I don't know in any case, what Bjorn had has sent us is a wooden kvike ring. Uh, so these are traditionally used to store kvike yeast on, and it it looks like one of those wooden puzzles that you get at the smart person puzzle store. <laughs> There's a and, smart person puzzle store? I've yeah, never been allowed in. Yeah. You haven't? That's weird. It's good. <laughs> in any case, it, it's got, it, it's wooden... And it's, you know, wood gives you tons of really cool, like, porous area to store yeast. Uh, and and we would refer to that, I guess, as substrate is kind of the way. Yep. So it's just another another area with tons of surface space yeah. for the well, yeast and to play he, around He also on. sent in a really cool article mm-hmm. um, about traditional uh, Norwegian brewing. And basically they use this, uh, this wreath of wood to top crop, which we talked about a few a uh, few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so basically they top crop with that and then they store it and let it dry. And like if it grows mold, they toss it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they do a few of them. But I mean, it's, it's super interesting. So this, this kind of brings back to the idea of, you know, the, um, I don't, I don't, it was it like the 1850s was when they realized that yeast actually had something to do with yeah, Louis Eight, Pasteur. You know, and it was just like, oh, we have got we've got this wooden paddle, and it didn't get moldy, so we're just gonna use that to stir. Like that's that's what's happening here. That's exactly is, what's it's happening. Ama- it's amazing, you know. It was, like, uh, Pasteur you know? So it's like, in 1879, they, the they, gooseneck experiment. They hang the, they hang that wooden paddle that they were using to brew their last batch of beer on a shelf, and it dries, and it somehow doesn't mold and get disgusting and then they use it for the next batch and that's it's crazy here we are so yeah uh look look up the uh the the kyvek uh yeast it's actually a really cool there's there's an image uh brian's got one on his computer it's this like wreathy sort of like very geometrical wooden yeah if if we can if we can figure out how to attach it could somebody send one to me and i would put it on my wall for art because it's it's actually really really cool cool. looking Yeah, like we'll, I said, we'll fi- it looks like a puzzle. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out how to attach it to the to the uh, to the episode, and if we can't, we'll uh, do something Sorry. else. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do uh, you guys have anything you want to add? No. All right. Nope. Well, should we get out of here then? Huh? No. Yeah, probably. Just 
just gonna jam out for this for a minute. All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blinderstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blinderstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blinderscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Good night.